Welcome to Dice and Suffering, home of more chaos than we have dice. And we have a lot of dice. Dice and Suffering presents Into the Waste, episode 21. The Cost of Survival. I mean, this arc is definitely more of a subdued greetings, mortals. Welcome back to Dice and Suffering and Dungeons and Dragons. Obviously. If you'd guessed by the title of the fact it says Into the Waste, which is my D&D campaign. So, we're on another solo arc, because Charlemagne fucked off to go do something. <laughs> so we thought, I thought, you know, I should probably actually make that actual plot, rather than just sending Chad an essay being like, you fought God, well done, bye. And what? That remains to be seen. Yeah, but if you listen to the Dakota Shambles duo, you would have heard the note that Charlemagne left for the pair before he ran away to, I don't know, become God. I don't know what Charlemagne gets up to in his spare time. He's a weird guy. Sometimes he's an old woman. But right after you left Aenor, which is where San's hometown was and where San died, you met a you met an artificer named Erin, who'd you eventually discovered had been around for a very long time. Oh, artificer had been around for a very long time, and she you kind of leveled with each other on the fact that yeah, the world is kind of fucked. And you, there's a lot you want to do to try and... Whether it's fix it or let it all burn, I'm unsure. But the Water Ganassi agreed with you to try and adjust the armband you took from Camp Elak, which was used to suppress magical ability. And, you know, kill people if they misbehaved. And she agreed. She's like, yeah, I can tailor this. What do you need it for? And you went, I want to trap a god. And she went, I'm sorry, what? Very reasonable. I don't I don't know why this is such a wild thing it said. I, I thought it was quite odd on, you know, honest request. You just walk into a shop and be like, hi, I want to trap a god. I, I see no issues with this situation. Yes, if you hadn't guessed by the soul voice, it's just me and Chad today. Wild parties. Hi, I'm Chad. I know you've missed him. I don't know who I'm referring to in the you, because, you know, I don't appear behind all my listeners just like, are you enjoying it? Mainly because I have a job. I have a job, I don't have time for that. You know how many balls I'm juggling. No, it's just Charlemagne today, because, you know, the others are getting beaten up by sentient furniture. Normal days. But you received a sending stone from Erin right before you left, because you'd left the armband with her to try and tailor it such that you could, you could capture Edward Dagon, Kota's patron, and, you know, your reluctant partner in trying to make sure Dakota doesn't die. 
because when you left, Dakota was a human. And was still dying. And because you left when you did, you have no idea whether she's okay or not, or whether she's dying on the floor somewhere. But you kind of went your own way after leaving the note, and after... <laughs> We're just going to use AD. It's like weeks after death, but it's after death of Sam. So it's more like ADOS. That's how we're telling time now. Ados. It's been about, yeah, Ados. You know you have, you know you'll have to be in the waste at some point to enact this plan. So you've kind of been making your way west of your own volition, and I'm kind of guessing from the whole folk hero stuff that you're very used to doing this kind of thing. Oh yes, uh, between both. Charlemagne's time on his own to his time uh, in the employ of others. He has spent their entire life basically moving about from town to town, either in caravans or under cover of night or trying through the bushes or whatever means. At this time, Charlemagne is kind of probably just looking like probably just a vagabond. It's probably actually shifted into kind of like an old man just so he's not taking any extra looks from anyone and just kind of by himself heading down the path. Yes, it is fun. You get like, a, like there is some softer moments where like caravans with families and you just see like small children run up, say hello and then run away. In that very child of, ooh, stranger, but also, ooh, I shouldn't talk to a stranger kind of vibe. And there's a few, like, guard patrols and things whenever you come near the outskirts of villages, but they tend to ignore the weird old man. Weird, one-eyed old man. That's how I describe him. Just weird, one-eyed old man. But it's been... Call him Wentworth. Right, his name is Wentworth. I'm not going to remember. We have so many names. Shambles identity crisis thing is really coming in now. But the sending stone in your pocket it doesn't really buzz, it kind of just heats up until you're very aware of its existence. After about three weeks. Uh, and am I just currently like out on just the roads? Yeah, you're kind of, you can see the mountain range now, like in the far distance. So you're still a few days walk from the mountain range itself, but you've kind of circled all the way around my room. I will pull out the setting stone and see what Aaron has for me. Sending stones in this world kind of work like... Easiest way to describe it is... You know those apps you get where you can take a picture of some writing and it like transcribes it for you? Yep. It's, it's like that. So she's clearly written something down in a hurry and it's kind of been written into a letter that's read 
in just a standard voice to you. It's just kind of like, I finished the adjustments to the armband. In order for this to work, we need to charge it with the same power that formed the barrier. Unwilling souls caught in a moment of agony. When you're ready to do this, keep walking west. You'll feel a pull. Follow it unquestioningly and willingly, regardless of where it takes you. It'll guide you to me, and we can get this done. Erin, smiley face. Uh, I'll put away the sending stone after reading that. And, oh, and the whole party thinks I'm dark. Right. Uh, I'll kind of look around, make sure no one was around to see me take this sending stone message. There's a couple of vultures just kind of chilling on a cactus, just looking at you like, you look like an old man, but you don't smell like an old man. I just stare at him with my glowing green eye, just one, you know, the, you know, the old person look that the, every old person does, even if they have two eyes, they do still that one-eyed look. Well, I only have one eye, so it's real powerful. And I just give him the old stink eye. And then they fly off. Very much that oh he's not gonna drop dead so we can eat him. Fine. So inconsiderate. Uh, and then I will pocket the sending stone and looking about Well Yes, I must just keep going and I'll just continue to head west. And you walk towards the two sons. Which, you know, and then you remember that the suns rise and set in the opposite, in the north and south. So you're like, wait, no, I'm going the wrong direction. Shit, gotta turn. You forget the suns move in the sky, so you have to be like, Ugh! otherwise you'd just be running in a really weird angle. And that's just odd. But you go for about two hours before you kind of feel something at the back of your head, like back of your mind. Just a tug. Is it tugging me in any direction? Uh, give me a perception. Oh yeah, this is my one character where I don't have perception through the roof. Oh, cool. Uh, that is a massive six. Wow, starting off strong. You know? You basically spend an hour kind of taking a step in a direction and trying to judge whether the pull is stronger that way or not. To anyone, like yes. any birds flying past, it looks like you're doing some sort of weird dance ritual. It's like, did it, did it. We call it a square dance, okay? Count it a square dance. Look, there isn't much dancing in this world. You can wonder why. Because <laughs> it's a mess. They have spiky lemons, for God's sake. 
this is the place where the music died. This is where a lot of things died, which is death. Wow, I, I made a horrible world. Thanks, Caitlin. No, it's... You kind of lock onto it after the hour of square dancing. And it does lead you west, and it's... You see, kind of... There aren't many stars here. Most of the night sky is just black. There aren't... There isn't really moonlight. I mean, there isn't really a moon here. There's just the occasional pinprick of light in the sky that makes it possible to bloody see. Mister, I have no dark vision. <laughs> and I was gonna say, I probably should have taken light. Kind of forgot that I don't have dark vision in Charlemagne. <laughs> yeah, you have torches in your adventure pack, so. If I really want. <laughs> you're just aggressively walking. But like, you're doing that like slow walk because you can't really see, so you try not to walk into a cactus every few meters. But it's, you kind of, you can see a town in the distance and you see like the lights coming from the town itself. All these torches and watchtowers with like brazes lit up. They give you enough of a glow to see by that you see you're stood at the edge of a ravine with like, there's spiky rocks and everything, obviously, and a little stream kind of going through it. Uh, how deep is the ravine? Uh, it's about 400 meters down. Uh, and uh, how far uh, wide? Uh, let's see. 14 foot wide. And how about how far is the town away? The town you can see is about, from the glow it's giving off, it's about half a mile. But it's on the other side of the ravine. Yeah. Uh, Charlemagne looked up and down. Uh, does it seem like this ravine just goes on and on both ways? As far as you can tell, yes. Well, if there is a town over there, it stands to reason someone should have built a bridge at some point. Uh, can I look back and forth, see if I can see any kind of like bridge or anything like that? Uh, give me a perception check, I guess. Uh, that's a little better. Uh, 15. You don't see any signs of like man-made objects there's no bits that have been cleared away for a bridge to be built there's no heavily trodden footpaths the main thing you get is the pull in your head you know like those arrows when you have an objective in a game and like there's an arrow and it kind of points in whatever direction you're supposed to go don't know why i gave myself like a hat it's pointing down 
think I would like walk back from the ravine and, and like feel like just to like make sure that I'm not making this up. Every step you take back, it raises up a little degree. It's very much pointing at, if you peer over the edge again, you can just about make up the top of a shelf of rocks that have formed. It seems to be pointing at that, like several hundred meters down. Well, this should be fun. Uh, is it like a sheer like cliff for these ravine faces? Yep. It's all well. like smooth sandstone, so it's not really grippable. Well, I, I guess Charlemagne looking about and, well, I guess there's nothing more to lose but my own life, so why not? <laughs> and I will, feeling the pull and trusting Aaron, I'm going to basically just kind of step off the edge here. Okay. You gonna do anything at you, Paul? Um, I'd like to pull out my have my dagger ready just so I can <laughs> just if, stab like, the attempt. Rocks. Yeah, it's sandstone, so really I should be able to get. I'm a decently strong individual. I might dislocate my shoulder and break my arm, but it's better than dying. So you want to stick your knife into the sandstone as you go down? Yeah. How soon before or after you reach terminal velocity, really? I think I would like to actually start trying to almost kind of sliding it down to see, like, how soft is the sandstone? Like, can I use my dagger as kind of just to, like, counterbalance it where use my weight to basically just kind of slide down this wall with my dagger? Uh, roll dice, tell me if it's odd or even. That's a natural 20, so that is even. Okay, it is. Of course is... I get a fucking natural 20 when it's not even an actual <laughs> When it's for how solid the rock is. Yeah. It's that perfect level between soft enough to stick something in, but strong enough that together it could hold weight. So yes, you can use your dagger to kind of reverse plunger down it. Uh, looking at this situation and pulling out my dagger. Well, I definitely did not expect to be doing this. Aaron, I hope you have actually done what you said you have done. And then kind of. <laughs> Aaron just kills you in the bottom of the movie. Yeah, just for fun, shits and gigs. You know, you've been around, you've been around so long, you gotta find fun in something. This is true. Uh, but yeah, I'll position myself and then. Jabbing my dagger partially into the wall of this ravine, I will begin to slide down. Okay. Uh... Okay, roll me three strength checks. Please. You can add athletics if you have it. Uh, I was like, I don't have athletics, but I do! Come here, die. Don't run away. Uh, so the first one is a 23. 
a, I am really obsessed with fours, a nine and a 12. Okay, then first one you're completely fine for. Second one, roll me sleight of hand at disadvantage. Disadvantage, that is still pretty good. Um, oh yeah, I really had that. Uh, that's a 19. Okay, you get the first 100 meters perfectly fine. Second 100 meters, you get like a cramp in one of your fingers and you're just kind of like, fuck, 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 fuck. Yes, but you essentially swear your way the next 100 meters and then another sleight of hand because the 12. You're on the sort of disadvantage as well. Nope, this one's just normal. Oh, it's only a 15. Okay, you get. You are now 100 meters from big spike pit that your arrow seems to be pointing you towards, but you are out of sandstone. So you've navigated like 300 meters of, you know. Death. Right. So for our American listeners, that's about still 1,200 feet down from, or I mean, so I I went 900 feet down and I still have another 300 feet to go. Cool. Right. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So there's no more sandstone and I'm just kind of hanging on the wall. Like a wild Spider-Man. Yeah, via dagger. Cool. Um, and so looking down, what's directly below me? Stream, spikes, and several like rocky outcroppings. How close is the next rocky outcropping below me? Like from the wall, or is the wall smooth, like going forward down? It's kind of like the the sandstone ends, and you're hanging freeform because the rest of the cliff face goes inwards. So your next outcropping is about it's about forty foot below you. Hmm. I got some health. I can be brutally injured. I could fall 40 feet and be okay, right? Right? Yep. That's the problem with being a psychic sorcerer. There's not a lot of, uh, like, physical things that really can help me here. Like, this is when if I just had fucking levitate, you know, life would be grand. Oh, to have levitate. To have levitate right now, just... Well, I was, I was trying to think if I could talk my way into telekinesising myself down, Magneto style. If you were a higher level, I would have allowed it, but you babby. Because I mean, you know, telekinesis can lift humans, but not myself. If you'd had like the, if you'd had, if you'd had the rope, the tempest has, I would have allowed it. Well, so the next outcropping is 40 feet down. 
this is a psychotic thing to say, but how small is this creek look from where I'm at? Um, about up to your shins. Good, excellent. And the, uh, like the arrow, it's pointing like the, what it's pointing towards is on the bottom floor, right? It's not like, okay. It's, so there's the stream in the center and on the other, like on the other bank from where you are, there's a big set of spike. Here's a, here's another uh, quick thing that uh, I'll ask if uh, I'm allowed to do. So I'll take damage from it as well, but if I just went for it and tried to go these last 300 feet down, say when I'm like right, like probably like 50 to 75 feet up, if I cast Psionic Blast straight down, which does create enough force, would I be able to dis- slow my descent enough to not die? These are the real questions. Can I use the concussive force of my own magic to stop me from smashing my brains against a bunch of rocks? You know, it's that video game logic of if I fire a rocket launcher right before I land, like, you know, the concussive force will, you know, cancel each other out. Remind me to never give you a rocket launcher. I felt that I didn't I didn't think that needed to be reminded. I thought that was just common knowledge. Yeah, I'll allow it. You'll still take damage. But depending on where you fall. Yeah, so looking about, like, I mean, looking down, Charlemagne's like, well, these fucking, I, what am I going to do? Jump from rocky outcrop to rocky outcrop? I'll either die doing that, or I can just like some go for it and river. be on the bottom. Uh, so with all the spiky outcrops and everything like that, and I'm just kind of freeform here, like, can I, I know the creek is shallow and everything, but I would like to try and aim for the creek at least. So you're aiming for the creek and not the spiky bit your arrow is pointing to, yes? I want to go to the spiky bit, but I don't want to hit the spiky bit with the concussive blast in case there's something in there. So I'd like to be as close as I can to that without, you know, hitting that with the psychic blast. Okay. Uh, Yes, you can do that. I will need a strength check from you an athletics check from you to push off from where you are. You will lose your dagger. Yeah, that's fine. Oh no, the psychic sorcerer is going to lose his dagger. Where will I ever find another common dagger that I didn't use ever before in this adventure? I mean, none of you have money, so... I'll just, I'll just shift back into... There's the great. Someone give me a dagger. Uh, for strength athletics, that's an 18. Okay. Let's see. You kind of, you launch yourself across. Almost so that you almost smash into the other side of the sandstone, because... This Too far. You're like, oh no, not going to reverse. But you get enough force that it pushes you, so you're plunging directly towards, like in the middle of the of the creek. 
So your how much damage is your psychic blast normally? Uh, psionic blast, I do believe. Sorry, I haven't not played Charlie for a while. Oh, and it, it's only a thirty foot, so I gotta wait till I'm thirty feet above the ground. Yep. Uh, it is five d eight of force damage. Okay, roll that and add your spell attack bonus. Hey, look, I just happen to have five D8s already out and ready. All right. Five, ten. So, 20, plus you want my spell attack on there as well, so 28 all day. 28, okay. Now, for those who don't know, in D&D, full damage is a thing. It is 1d6 per 10 foot fall. To a maximum of 20d6. So, you know, <laughs> you've hit the max anyway. What? So, remember that number because I'm going to subtract it from whatever I roll with this. Then, 30 foot below the bottom, so two more. What did you roll? 28. How much health do you have again? 63. Okay. So you're not dead. Well done. Woo! I rolled rolled 17d6 and got 72. (laughs) Yeah, so minus 28. Is 42 damage. 21 health. Damage. Isn't it 44 damage? Uh, 72. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, meant, I forgot the two. You're right. <laughs> Take some more damage down. You're also prone, so you're kind You essentially plummet, send this blast down, and you see the water displace from the sheer energy you use. And it does slow you slightly. But you also realize you've kind of thrown the water that may cushion your si- your fall aside. So you slam coccyx first into the bank of this stream and you've definitely broken some bones. Mm. Yep, wasn't as soft as I hoped. Mm, that's a rib. That's another rib. Mm. Okay, I don't know what that one is. That's in pieces. Right. Ugh. I assume the water would rush back pretty much immediately. Yeah, you're just kind of awkwardly sat at like a kid's paddling pool level of water. Uh, sitting there, very now in a lot of pain, probably, but looking about. Okay, well, both my legs. Uh, yep. All right. Uh, can I feel the pull of the? Back of my mind. The pull kind of... There's kind of a moment where the pull's like, dude, really? (laughs) And can you give me a quick perception check? Yeah, that's been going so well for me so far. (laughs) You'll only Uh, yeeted yourself off a cliff. (laughs) Yeah, that's not bad. It's uh, 18. 
Uh, the rocky bit, now that you can actually see it, is shimmering. Uh, I'll push myself up to a standing position and dust myself off. <laughs> or I will begin to stagger over towards the rocky bit. Aaron, this had better be worth it, and I am definitely going to ask why you decided to make camp at the bottom of a fucking ravine. You kind of, you stagger over, and you go to kind of poke the rocks, and your hand goes through them, because this is an illusion she set up. Of course. And you look, and the rocks kind of displace, and you just see this little... It's kind of a light yellow. It's the same color as her magic from the sparks from before. It seemed to make out some kind of portal. Uh, how big is this portal? Big enough for a person to go through. <sighs> well, why couldn't she have put this at the top? Whatever. And Charlemagne will, once again, gritting his teeth and and if trying to hold his ribcage together, <laughs> we'll head through the portal. There's like a moment of... There's a moment of pain as you're not entirely sure all of your rib came with you. <laughs> you emerge from the yellowish portal into a... It's very much like someone's over decades, someone has carved out a perfect workshop from an underground cavern. There is, you can see, you can hear the running water, like it's clearly linked into the underwater, the under currents that go through all these rock faces. So there's a source of water for the alchemy. There's several stations set up with various bottles and potions and brews going on. There's a lot of bits of scrap metal and components that you can't really discern and instead of the cave wall, one of them is just an entire long... It's basically just someone's taken a really long-ass wall and made it all into an ingredients cupboard, really. There are, like, shields that go across it to kind of preserve the ingredients, but they've just gone, hey, you know this wall? We don't need it anymore. There are thousands of bottles of substances and boxes of little trinkets. And with her artificer like goggles on, flicked down and working on something, you can see like yellow sparks from one of the stations where the water ganassi Erin, who's changed clothing a bit, she's in like more leather armor style. It's a bit more rugged than the robe she wore in Aenor. She seems to be working on something. She hasn't noticed you come in yet. She's just like focused on what she's doing. Uh, about how far away from me is she? Uh, she's at a desk about 50 foot from you. Um, I will not like sneakily, but not, you know, banging into things. I will make my way about 10 feet away before standing there. Um, uh, Aaron, uh, I'm here. 
She kind of holds up a finger and continues and like finishes. Now you're a bit closer. You can see she's welding something. And you see oh. the, the metal sear and then she stops with the seal complete and looks up and is like, oh, hi. You're right. Oh, feel, free, feel free to take your time if you're working on something. I just didn't want you to think you were being, you know, invaded. Well, the only people who can get in are the ones who get the pull and well, at the moment, you're the only one with a registered thing for that, so if anyone got in here without it, I'd be dead. Well, I'm I'm practically dead from getting in here. I know you're quite powerful, but how do you get down the cliff face to come into that wonderful portal that you have created? Jump. You just dive for the portal. Yes, if you follow the pull, it essentially acts as like a magnet and pulls you to it. Such that you'd go through the portal and then, like, you kind of glance at where you came in and there is like a heavier set of magic. There's a lot of magic in here. But there's like a heavier set that seems to form almost into like a block that's... She's basically made like a feather full cushion right for where you would land. That's permanently there. Holding my ribs and just staring at her with my one eye. Next time, maybe make that a little more apparent in your wording. As I <coughs> cough up a little bit of blood. She rolls her eyes and is like, Remember when I said unquestioningly and willingly? Listen, Aaron, I thank you for all your help. I literally jumped off a cliff. I, I did everything without question. But you... Don't uh, maybe state that the spiky rocks that look like they would have killed me are actually what I'm diving for. And you want me to send that in a message to you that anyone could read? Well, I figured your sending stones would be, you know, protected, but you're right. But just, just a note for next time when you work with someone else trying to steal a god's power. You know, it's just notes for your next life. Hopefully that I won't have a next life. I'd quite like to die at some point and stay dead. No, uh, hold still. She just kind of looks at you, rolls her eyes, and casts a uh, greater restoration. Because she's, she's an alchemist, so she gets that once per long rest for free, because why not? Normally it's meant to be for like curses and exhaustion and things, but she's tinkered with it. She's had a lot of time to tinker with the fabric of the fucking universe. So, uh, what did you say your total health was? 60 something? 63. Okay, she does exactly half of that, so we'll round down 31. Hey, back to 40 health. Your ribs are unbroken, and that thing you couldn't name goes back to where it was supposed to be. <laughs> Charlemagne removes his hand from holding his ribs. Oh, thank you. They would have regrown quickly, but thank you. It's 
better this way, I suppose. And I will shift into my just normal true form. Anyways, uh, I'm well, I'm guessing from the fact you're here, you got my message. Yes, yes. How'd your business in Anor conclude? I just sent someone to give you the stone. I haven't really kept track. Aaron would see Charlemagne's face kind of not like kind of gloss over and just go to like a completely emotionless face, just kind of like staring at her with the one eye, just of devoid of all rage or sadness or anything. And our, our business concluded. That's all that needs to be said on that matter. Well, clearly, brilliantly. Uh, is it just you, or did your are your compatriots somewhere nearby? No, no, I'm the only one with the willpower and strength to do what must be done. So it is I, just I. You still sure about this? It's not. I don't know how much of you it'll be will be left once we're done. Aaron, after my past business, I am more sure than I have ever been. Okay, well, uh, she kind of gestures and looking up, you can see there's like a little corner where she clearly has like coffee and just sits. She's like, oh, have a seat. I'll explain the plan or at least what I've got thus far. Charlemagne will <laughs> walk over, and though his ribs are healed, they're, they're still not feeling the best after jumping off of a cliff. So they will take the time to sit down and kind of brush off as much of the dirt and grime and such that they can. <laughs> Just puts all the dust on the floor. Erin kind of pulls herself some tea into some kind of magical thermos she's made. Clearly she gets into like inventing binges and then her tea's gone cold and she gets annoyed. So half her inventions have been out of spite or out of general annoyance at humanity, which, you know, is how the computing industry works. So that's how all inventions happen. How humanity progresses. We get annoyed, so we make something to make us less annoyed. Pretty much. No, it's it's kind history of, of the world right there for you, kids. You're welcome. Don't write human it gets in annoyed, exam. Human invents something. Human destroys said thing. Human gets annoyed again, invents something new. We, you know, it's a circle. <laughs> a never-ending circle. Uh, so, um, uh, tea, coffee, juice? I'm, I'm fine on that front. I just needed to sit for a moment. It's a long way down. That's kind of the point. There have been several times where I've been chased and yeeting myself off a cliff into here is kind of a good way of getting rid of people. 
I I would imagine that would work quite well in a escape situation. I will have to remember that for next time. Yes, well. Just make sure you have you haven't pissed me off for some reason, so you still have permission, because otherwise those rocks will be very real. Erin, I do not plan on pissing you off, and that is something I will try and hold true to, though sometimes things happen. I mean, you're preaching to the choir. Um, well, I fiddled with kind of goes into one of her many pockets and pulls out the armband that you can see has a slightly yellowish tinge to it now. She seems to have had to interweave her own magic into the threads of this. Because it's not a metallic armband or anything. It's magical fabric, really. It's more yellowish than the black it was before, and it doesn't have the same symbol on it that all the guards at Camp Elak had on their uniform. And it's, you know, a bit less intimidating an aura coming off it, but it's still a... It's still like breathing in a mouthful of cinnamon. Just kind of like... Oh. Uh, yeah, I've fiddled with it as much as I can to get to this point, at least. The actual, essentially, kind of, you know those slap bracelets? Mm -hmm. She's done that to it, such that she kind of like, slaps on her own arm and it kind of curls around immediately, and you see it start to glow. Yes, yeah, so uh, that'll make it easier to get it, get it on the guy. And, you know, walking up to him and being like, hey, man, hey, man, want to put on this weird mystical magical item that you know nothing about? Coming from a potentially hostile force? You don't seem the type to, you know, diplomatically resolve issues. Oh, Aaron, don't worry. I will make sure that I will get that on. Edward's arm. That, that is not something you need to concern yourself with. Yes, well, I will take your word for it. Uh, the actual process of this is quite... I don't think you realize how much power this takes and how big of a cost this is. Aaron, you've once again been around for a long time, multiple times. You've done this dance more times than I can probably count. This world needs to be fixed. There is no cost too great or no deed too massive that I will not do to complete this. All right. This is 
a several stage process when it comes to cost and sacrifice. Obviously, there's the initial charge of energy. There's, we'll need to perform a ritual with about 30 people. They don't have to be willing, obviously. But blood, blood magic is complicated. It's, we're going to need each of these people to have to, we need to put a specific sigil on them and then a separate one on us to exclude us from the process because otherwise, you know, it'll kill us. And, well, uh, you need to put them in that state of suffering before I enact the spell because that's what powers it. Once you've done that, you need you need to give it suffering of your own. Whether it's through injuring yourself, like throwing yourself off a fucking cliff, or through handing it painful memories. And not in the it'll make you forget them, it's uh it will make them more vivid for you. And every time you sleep they will be there. And that's just the generic stuff. The tailoring to Edward is where it gets complicated. You... I explained to you Edward's kind of demigod status, yes? Yes. That kind... Most demigods and most patrons acting on this world are essentially parasites. They don't have enough power of their own, so they feed on that which already exists. For example, there are only there are only three of the gods, like the original twelve, that are actually still standing. Well, not really standing, existing. There's only three of them left from the original, and they the the patrons all tap into that power source. For example, if you want to improve yourself, if you want to form a new pact with a warlock patron, that communication goes through Lorath. And if you want to do something related to paladin nature, you tend to get a communication through Donio. It's complicated. So Edward is Edward latches on to a bloodline more than anything. Once he connects with one member of a family, he has the ability to kind of whisper into everyone's faces. Not faces, ears. That's word I speak well. He has he can whisper in the ears of anyone of blood relation. For example, your friend, I assume any of her family may have had contact with Edward as well. Yes, um, unfortunately we've already killed their father and... Do I still have that? Do I know if any of the other family members are still alive? I did research you, on Dakota way back when. You know the brother and mother were murdered by Dakota being puppeted. Uh, she has 
a sister and her brother's widow. Now, that's the members of the family you know of. Are you saying that I will need to acquire blood from one of these ones that Edward has already touched? No, thankfully. Uh, because you're... Even though it's, you know, you're planning on stealing his power and potentially killing his form in this world, you are forming a connection with him. So it's... And if, if you end up choosing to sack all his power or you choose to kill him or whatever you choose to do, when we have him, it will affect your bloodline. I don't know whether you still have family or whether you have siblings you don't know about or loved ones, but anyone who's kind of... Anyone who shares your blood will experience the same. And I mean, draining power from a god is one thing. Draining that same amount of power from a normal mortal. The experiences don't equate. Charlemagne still has that same emotionless uh, face that he's had. He has not shown a bit of emotion since they've asked about the events that occurred. It's just this kind of cold, like almost robotic, just staring. I, I understand. I'm not saying this to ward you off. I just want you to be aware of the cost. What else will I need to acquire, Aaron? You need a way to get 30 people still alive for this ritual. You'll need to sacrifice part of yourself, really. How many live in that town that is on the other side of this ravine? Sorenth? Uh, it's... It's kind of a big village. There's about there's about fifty consistent residents that are all there's like fifty standard workers. There's there is a guard training post a little way out that has enough recruits. So that would be difficult. And then there's... She kind of trails off before she says the last thing. She looks very uncomfortable. It's also a makeshift refugee camp nearby. It's mostly children and the injured from next to the mountains where the explosion occurred. Once again, just like cold, no emotions, nothing in the eyes, nothing in the eye. Charlemagne just looking at Aaron. Well, 
They're already practically dead then, aren't they? Already in a state of suffering? Those children will not make it on their own. And in this world we live in, there is no one to take them in. The world needs to be saved, Aaron. Sacrifices must be made. I know. But I'm not the one holding the knife. In order for this to work, it has to be you. I take no joy in being the one who must hold this knife, but I will excise every bit of corruption from this world. And if this knife is all that I need to do it, then I will. She kind of sighs, takes a last sip of her tea and walks over to her really long shelf. You kind of notice at her heels, which you didn't really notice before because it was behind her. Uh, she has a panther just following her around. It's kind of, it's very battle scarred and its fur is kind of torn in places and it has a lot of old scars, including one like across its snout. It just kind of looks at you and then follows after Eren. <laughs> And she grabs, she just grabs like a short sword from a, a locked box that takes her a solid few minutes to undo. Like there's clearly magical locks as well as regular good old fashioned ones. And you see on it like there's, oh, it's, you can barely see the metal for itself because it's mostly runes and magic and like little dots of either rust or blood you're not sure could be both you know and it has a dark wood handle but she kind of hands it to you it's like you need this I will take the blade from her they call it the blade of origin I fear to ask why I need this specific blade. Well, it's... You need to use this to carve the sigil into the people. It will take their blood and put them in a state of paralysis and total control so you can move them to where you need them, and they can't resist you. It's... I don't know, I found it about a millennia ago, when I was doing research in the Waste, and... I found it near... I found it near the corpse of an Azamar, and a Minotaur. But the legends that I've found and the writings I've seen say this is what killed the original gods. 
apart from the three that still survive. We're gonna kill a god, we might as well do it properly. For the first time, a, a crack of emotion, kind of just a fury, kind of just crosses Charlotte's face before, just back to the robotic, just kind of expressionless face until then, like, really like focusing in on Aaron for a second, just staring at her. I thank you for all of this. And I truly believe this is what must be done. I, I have to ask one more time to make sure, what do you want out of this? And that's the question, isn't it? Peace, death, I want something of this to end, whether it's the world itself, whether it's the suffering, whether it's my own life. I live in a constant cycle with no way out, and 3,000 years is too fucking long to sit and watch people be born, suffer, die. Torment, die. You can question my motives all you wish, Charlemagne, but in the end, I'm the only one who can help you do this. Oh, I, I know, I. I know that no matter what your motives are at this time, that I am with you and hopefully you are with me, as this is the situation that has arisen. Looking at the blade again, well, I will need the sigil that needs to be carved. She kind of takes, she just grabs a pen and a quill. Well, not quill, just grabs a pen and some paper and draws. I mean, it's, it looks fairly simple. It's a circle with a cross in it and a triangle on the top, going from the points of the cross up above. That's all it seems to be. And the warding sigil that I will need to carve into myself, I assume. I can do that. You can't do it with the same blade, otherwise it gets confused. And since I'm the one, as much as you're the one enacting the spell's wishes, I'm the one controlling its output, so... If you just stick your arm out and I guess I'm going to carve a sigil into you. It's not what I thought I'd be doing when I woke up this morning. 
uh, Charlemagne will stick his right arm out. She pulls out a, it's like a different short sword. It looks almost like a mirror version of what you have. It's inverted color scheme. So instead of the dark wood, it's got like a metallic handle and then what looks like a dark wood style blade. And the glyphs are, the sigils and the glyphs and the runes all seem to be in slightly lighter color. It's not really that rust red. It's more like sunsetty orange. She kind of grips it and very gently, but it still, you know, feels like someone's dragging a burning hot needle through your arm. She draws, it's a parallelogram with a triangle in it. And then she kind of does some marking around the edges. Bit like how, bit like how a child draws a garden by like drawing a line and then drawing some grass on it. It's like that, but with the outskirts of this parallelogram. And you just kind of feel the burning, as soon as she finishes the last line, the burning just stops instead of lingering in that normal way when you have a burn. Do we need to perform the ritual in an open space? Do I need to bring the 30 individuals back here? The initial charging can be done anywhere, really, as long as you have the blade. They all need to be within... They all need to be within about 100 feet of each other. That's roughly the range of this. And obviously, I'm going to have to come with you because I need to initiate the magic. But the actual capturing of Edward and the individual suffering that this will require will have to do in the waste itself. I understand. Well then, I wish not dilly-dally. So, do you want the town itself, travelers, the refugee camp, or the guards? As dark as it sounds, truly in every sense of the word in this terrible world that we live in currently the ones who need to be taken is the refugees and the injured like they're not going to survive or have a good life so especially in charlemagne's mind right now it's almost an act of kindness just to these are a few broken eggs to make an omelet to save this world As he doesn't even say anything to, he doesn't say a word to Aaron, just stares at them and like giving that look where Aaron has to know exactly where they're going. There's, there's no way that the guards or the town make sense. Those people, that would take more of a effort and they're still living their lives. These refugees and injured and children aren't going to survive anyways. Michelle is going to get back to the party and they'll be like, what did you do? 
Nothing. Nothing. I didn't murder innocents. I didn't it's violate covered the Geneva in blood Convention. Still. The screams of the damned behind you. Parliament, the embodiment of the this is fine meme. Aaron kind of reads your gaze. And, like, there is understanding in it. There's also a little bit of condemnation. Because, you know, even after 3,000 years, apparently she still has a bit of compassion. Charlotte but... marks the condemnation, but just once again, just just cold, almost robotic. Like, the burn side of his face without an eye could be the same regular side of his face. It's just no feelings of happiness, sadness, anger, anything. Just just cold, bitter. Just, this needs to be done. What are your plans with Edward? Well, first of all, my plans are to make sure Dakota will be okay. <coughs> After that, I will take every iota of power that he has, and I will fix things. I will begin cutting away at the corruption in this world, peace by peace, by peace, by peace. Well, what a grand undertaking. Right. Refugee camp is about a mile north of the village. They were planning on moving out tomorrow, so... If you want to get them, as it were, we should act now. Uh, Charlemagne stands up. Well, I assume you have a portal so we don't have to climb the cliff face. She rolls her eyes and kind of taps on a wall. And it kind of slides out and you realize there's like a staircase. So stairs it is then. Well, we're not as far down as you think we are, so. It's all about temporal displacement here. So. Kind of leads you up the stairs and there's uh give me an arcana check. I'm not gonna roll this guy anymore. Uh, uh, it's still though, uh, thirteen. Uh, this is no Loki. More than anything, you just are constantly aware of the blade. It's as you kind of had this discussion and as you justified your decision. It almost hums happily. Like it's just a... It's malevolent, but there's definitely a hum of pleasure at your decision and approval. 
at your side. So, you know. That's not ominous at all. I'm not even going to make mention of it to Aaron. I'm not going to mention the homicidal blade at my side. No, you emerge on the other side of the cliff from where you drop down. If you squint down, because Erin has like a lantern just attached to her belt that emits about 40 feet of light around her. And if you lean over the edge, you can just kind of make out the glint of your dagger <laughs> down below. Well, at least I got a new sword. <laughs> she gives you a side eye at that. Oh, sorry, did I say that out loud? I meant a inner monologue. Being a psychic tra- message. Traveling me by yourself for a while, haven't you? <laughs> yes, and I when you constantly are hearing the thoughts of others without even trying, it messes with your own ability to use your inner monologue. I can see that. Yeah, you get nothing from Erin. It's like a wall, which is kind of nice considering you're so used to hearing other people. Hers is just... It's like lift music. Out of respect, though I've mind-searched everyone else in my life, I don't mind-search Erin because this is just a means to an end at this moment. And also, she'll probably kill you. Yeah, their their motives, whether evil or not, are beyond Charlemagne's care at this moment. She is a mystical being. Are you going through the town on your way to the refugees? You're going to go round. I am still a fugitive, no matter what form I'm in, and I was caught by just my own magical presence before, so I would avoid the town if possible, just because I know there's a guard station near and there is a chance that just a random passer guard could be in this town, which would send all of my shit up. And then I have to kill the town and I don't need to do that right now. I mean, I guess I could. (laughs) Sorry, you forced my hand. I'm suddenly going to have a ritual that's several times bigger than it was before. So, Aaron, like, if we have more bodies, it's clearly more powerful, right? Aaron vibrating in the cost of blood magic. This is the difference between losing a finger and losing your arm. Oh, sorry. Who's with me in taking bits off people's bodies? The Merman's whole deal is teeth. Is he a dentist? DMD. <laughs> DMD. Dr. Miradude. No, she... Colonel leads you round, and... Like, as she's actually walking and going, she is... She walks like she knows she's immortal. There's none of that natural caution from... You know, walking around when you're a fugitive, or when you're walking somewhere unknown and dangerous. She just doesn't give a shit. Like if she if her clothes catch on the cactus, she just kind of looks at it like <sighs> And if her toe if she like stubs her toe on a rock, she's just <sighs> There is zero fucks given. 
in a different timeline, Charlemagne would be great friends with Aaron, but this is not the time. You're very aware of the presence behind you, which is easier to see when Erin still has her lantern out, but the panther is still following you. And it's just this black shadow behind you. And you see these eyes just looking at you. Okay, I'm not going to pry at all, but uh, what's with the cat? Oh, Origin? I mean, it's been 3,000 years. You get lonely. You've had that same panther for 3,000 years? No, I got him about... Oh, so hard to tell what time it is anymore. Uh, Alaric's current king... Wasn't the ruler before that, it was it was about at least a millennia ago. And then when he reached a certain age, I found a way to freeze him, essentially, in time. So obviously he's like he can still die of mortal wounds, but he's not gonna die of old age. It's just this little chirp from Origin, as if to say, yes. Hmm. You want to die so bad, yet you have found a way to keep your friend by your side. Do I need to explain the agony of watching everyone you've ever cared about die over and over again whilst you do nothing? Oh, no. Not, not, not at all. I... It's just always the ones amongst us who want the opposite that seem to create the thing we want the least. It doesn't work on people, unfortunately. Of course not. Why would anything ever be that simple? I tried. My, um, my third wife wanted to try, but it didn't work. A bit of compassion almost leaks out of Charlemagne for a second, and then just the steely resolve of, I I can't, as as dark as this sounds as well, there may come a time that Aaron is a mythical being, and Charlemagne may need to turn against them. So, the trying to form an emotional bond is something that Charlemagne is not going to do. Welcome to Charlemagne fights literally everyone. Charlemagne watched a good man die. Now Charlemagne is going to take that out on the world. Yeah. I really wish Carrie hadn't rolled a one. But no. No. Okay. She reach it. You reach. You can see and here, the refugee camp before you get to it. It's kind of this cacophony of noise of the injured and the sick, and then some some people trying to sleep and some children running around screaming. And there's, like there's a central food pot 
that seems to be what they're all eating. There's... It's... It's like a gazebo, but shit. I mean, all gazebos are shit, but still. Do you have gazebos in America? Mm-hmm. I never know. Yes, we do. I know what a gazebo is, yes. I wouldn't know whether you just, I don't know, have a fancy conservatory or something. No, we have gazebos. Who invented gazebos and why? Probably the Romans. Dear Romans, why? <laughs> Sincerely, the rest of us. No, it's... There's definitely holes in it. It's looked better. And from what you can see as you get about... There's enough light coming from it that you can kind of crouch in a bush. And in the darkness of the desert about 100 feet away and see fairly clearly what's going on. You can only see about four people actively walking around. Everyone else, well, four adults. There's a bunch of children walking around, but they're between like four and nine. They're they're not active combatants. Uh, what did you do this weekend, Caitlin? I did war crime. I murdered innocents. Happy Jubilee! Hey! <laughs> Screams. Oh, four-day weekend next week. I'm going to get absolutely fuck all done, probably. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's about four adults that are at, you think could put up a fight. Everyone else seems to have some sort of injury. Or are, you know, lying down, struggling to breathe. Or are a literal child. Naren kind of looks at you and is like, your move, boss man. Well, I guess it's time to break some eggs. And I will, first of all, as I'm here, I'm going to shift and I'm going to turn myself into Calreo. Uh, so, and then, uh, standing up with the sword, uh, I'm going to keep that, uh, sheath at this time. Oh, before I go though, I do want to, uh, Aaron, about how long does this ritual take? Um, depends how long the injuries to the caster take, but... No more than an hour, right? Just seeing if I may be able to kill two birds with one stone, as some would say. I mean, you're killing 30 people with one sword, but okay. Yes. Well, sometimes when trying to cure a sickness, you also cure some of the minor side inconveniences. This form I am in now is one of those who I will get my vengeance on before I fix this world. Aaron kind of gestures and origin. Panther kind of comes to your side and goes, use him as you will. 
he'll do what he's told. And she pulls out her blade again, and you see her, like, starting drawing the symbol into her arm as well. But there's a lot more quiet swearing. Uh, with that, then, uh, with the panther at my side, I will draw the blade of origin, and I'm literally just going to walk in the front of this camp. You're going to walk in with a panther at your side, disguised as Kaoreo, into a camp full of injured men, women, and children. Yeah, and uh, the first thing that, as we're walking in, you said there's four people that are up walking around, right? Yeah, there's four, there's three men and one woman who are kind of going around tending to people or lifting heavy boxes. Um, I would like to look at the panther. The woman there, you see her? Keep her alive. But keep her incapacitated. Origin kind of rubs against you and slinks off. And I'll roll to see how stealthy he's feeling. <laughs> how much warning is this woman going to get before a fully grown magical panther yeets itself at her? Wow, you get 16 to stealth, my boy. <laughs> yeah, him. I ain't gonna be pretty damn sneaky. Yeah, he really is. He's 34. You don't see where he goes, you just see the end point, which is from one of these sick beds where a, like a teenage boy is lying with like He's got an amputated arm and like half his face is severely bandaged. And from underneath it, this like jet of black comes. And as she leans over to check on the child, Origin lunges upwards and takes his full body weight and just slams her into the ground and has his teeth at her jugular. And is just holding her there. And the entire camp freezes. And they're all looking at Origin. And you see the other, the three who are holding boxes kind of start towards a bit in the corner where you can see they've put weapons. At that second, I would like to cast uh, Everett's Black Tentacles on that spot with all of their weapons. Okay, what does that creates, do? Uh, it creates a 20 foot square on the ground that you can see within range. Uh, it lasts for up to a minute. Um, and just squirming ebony tentacles fill that entire area. Uh, when a creature enters the effect area for the first time or starts to turn there, it must succeed on a dexterity saving throw or take 3d6 bludgeoning damage and be restrained. What's your spell save DC? My spell save DC is up to 16. Well, they both failed. Uh, two <laughs> children who were sat playing marbles behind the box 
where all the weapons are, are immediately grabbed by these tentacles. And you're pretty sure they dislocate the shoulders of these kids with just how rough it pulls them up. But it's you now have two children restrained and a woman under a panther. And everyone's attention. As they all like see this whole scene start playing out, I, in very grand fashion, with the sword in my hand, kind of just extending both my arms to the side. Hello, everyone. My name is Calreo, and I am here to kill you. Please know that your murders do not go for nothing. They go in sacrifice of the good king. Please know that your blood is being spilt by the great Calreo in the name of our good king. And with that, I will take the first... Like, how far are the, um, the men who are still up? Uh, one is 15 feet to you on your right. The others are both about 50 foot ahead of you in the middle, near the cook pot. All right. I want to make them charge me. So, uh, are there any? How close to my like? Are there any sick right right around me? Uh, there's. How mean am I feeling? There's a young woman who looks to be in some sort of coma to your right. Like directly, the the bed is next to you, next to your leg. And there's two small children who look like they were halfway through eating something. And both just kind of are holding their, their spoons, like... Uh. Uh, well, Aaron said that once this blade draws blood from any of its victims, they become docile and just completely pliable. So basically in a quick movement, I would like to slash both the children in front of me. And then just as the blood magic takes over, I just want them to like turn to stare at all of them in that creepy way that kids can. Oh great, we're going full torchwood, aren't we? Fucking children. All right, uh, two attack rolls, and you can add your spell attack to this. Uh, well, that's two 15s on the die, so that's 23 for both. You get both of them across the cheek, because they're fairly short, so you just kind of swing it at about your hip height as you step forward and just slice both of them across the cheek and there's a moment where they both judder and then their eyes roll back and their eyes are just completely white and rolled back in their heads and they turn slowly to look at the rest of the group and their arms have kind of fallen slack the spoons clatter to the floor and they are you know if they didn't have a if you weren't commanding them essentially to stand and stare at these people they would just collapse to the floor 
their spine is the only thing keeping them up right now. Now please, everyone, let us line up and make this quick. Alright, uh, this isn't really combat, this is slaughter, but, um, okay, I'm gonna split the remaining people, let's see, there's 25, or 24, who are not the men and who are loose. I'll do four groups of six. Okay, so I need you to roll initiative. Hey, there's that number I love to roll again. Not good. Uh, that's a nine all day. Okay, uh, Erin got a 19, so she is going first. Our gym will act with you because she's put him under your thrall, as it were. Then, I have the three men and four groups of six refugees each. In various states of comatose, non-comatose, alive, barely alive, child. Well, that group got a two, your garbage group. So, Erin's gonna go first. And her whole turn, and basically her whole contribution to this, is she casts Wall of Stone. She essentially builds a stone barrier around this entire gazebo tent thing, such that none of these people can leave. Oh shucks. Yeah, each wall is six inches thick and is composed of ten by ten foot panels. That's what I like to hear. All right, good. That 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 uh, that definitely actually helps. She essentially, you kind of sense her behind you, and she taps. She puts a hand on the floor and focuses, and you feel the earth itself just rise up, and you're like, "Oh wow, okay, I'm in a cave." Do you want Origin to do anything, or is he just going to keep this woman pinned to the floor? I want to make sure this woman is pinned to the floor, but can see everything that's going on. Alright. Origin kind of lets go with his teeth and just kind of puts a big paw with his claws out onto her jugular vein. It's just like... That's perfect. And he looks very pleased with himself. Just happy tail swishes. You know, as this murderous panther terrorizes people. Okay, group two, which consists of two elderly individuals who are trying to shepherd four children away. They're all like very young, scrappy orphans who clearly came out of like debris and things and have another chance to clean up. And they are going. They'll go to the bottom left and try and beat the shit out of this wall to desperately get it to fall so they can run. <laughs> so, two old people beating up a wall to escape a homicidal maniac to the sword. Yep, normal day. Okay, uh. Old man does fuck all breaks his knuckle on it. It's like, ow. Old woman takes her cane and just kind of slams it 
and you see a little hole appear in the wall, but it's not big enough for anything to do. So she's kind of stood in front of the four children with her cane in very much a come at me bitch pose. The three men are... One of them's... The one closest to you is going to try and grapple you. So I need strength throws from you. Strength throw from this generic man. Strength Athletics. That's a 21. He got a 10. He basically lunges at you. And instead of grabbing you, he kind of just punches you in the shoulder. I just look at him with the blade in my hand like, no, 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 no. Yeah, this you're just kind of looking at this guy who's now stood in front of you, fucking terrified. And the other two... One of them, actually, there. I need strength checks from them. All right, they're fairly beef. They've run to the cook pot and have both taken a side of this big metal bloody boiling container. And they don't have enough time to get to you on this turn, but they're very much aiming to throw this container of boiling hot stew at you and or beat you to death with this big iron cauldron. <laughs> You're not sure which. But, uh, groups one, three, and four haven't... They rolled a two, a three, and a four, respectively, on initiative, so... <laughs> you go before them. Nice. All right, then. So, uh... Since this guy came in and he punched me and he's this close, I I just want to, literally I'm going to take the sword, I just want to stab him in the stomach. Like, not like straight through, but like to the side, so that it's a nice amount of blood, but he ain't going to die right now. Survive for hours with a wound like this. Yep, roll an attack, just don't get one. Uh, yeah, that's uh, 15. Yep, you you essentially, you managed to miss, you know, hitting like the colon and things and poisoning his blood supply, but he's in a lot of pain and is on the floor now. His eyes have gone back and he's the same kind of lax state, but you just kind of left him on the floor. So he's just bleeding out into the sand. This is fine. And I'm going to call, because he was right there, I'm going to call that your free object interaction. Uh, nice. All right, cool then. Uh, well, with that, then I'll drop my concentration on uh, Everett's Black Tentacles. So I don't care about that. Um, but then I will cast Telekinesis on myself. And that gives me the ability to move or manipulate creatures of objects by thought. And uh, when you cast this spell, and as your action each round for the duration, you can exert your will on one creature or object that you can see within range, causing the appropriate effect below. Uh, so with a creature 
I can try to move a huge or smaller creature and make an ability check, whatever. The main thing is, is objects, which I can move objects that are up to a thousand pounds. So I just want that cast, and I basic, like, this is my action, so I'm not going to do anything on this turn besides stand here and wait for these idiots to keep coming at me. But I'm just going to literally take that pot away from them as they run towards me and get it out of my way as I continue to keep stabbing away at everyone. What do you do with it? Do you just hover it above them so they can't get to it? (laughs) No, I basically just in the... I let them get almost close enough to throw it at me, like to give them the hope. And then just literally push it out of their hands and put it back to where it was. They both let go, partly because, you know, you're lifting it with magic. And partly because they've got, like, second-degree burns on their hands from making this play. They both just kind of look at you in resignation. Calreo always gets his man. There's just a small child under a bed to the side who's like, keep saying Calreo. I take the sword and I stab through the bed to stab that <laughs> child. <laughs> oh, deck save on the child. Nope, child fucked that up. Um, you skewer a child. You Not get to kill him, him just, just enough. You get him through the armpit. <laughs> And you know, that child's, it goes to like start screaming and then its eyes go back and it goes and joins its two friends who are stood staring. And everyone was uncomfortable. Wow. Why did you write this session, Caitlin? Why did you allow Chad to be a fucking psychopath, Caitlin? Uh, group one. They all seem to be, I don't know, they look like they were all at bingo or something. <laughs> it's all people that weren't in the main buildings when everything went to shit, so they're just like, Arr. Well, they can only move 20 feet at a time, and they're just going, they're trying to make their way round, essentially. So they're just going to go to the opposite corner, slowly, ignoring, like, the bleeding out man and child and two weird are-you-my-mummy children. Uh, group three. One of them, a... One of them's like, uh, he looks about 11. He's a young, he's a young half-orc boy. And he sprints up to you. And I'm guessing your armor class is not 19. 18. Yeah, he stabs you in the shin <laughs> with his makeshift knife, which is clearly like a sharpened rock. It's only three you points of damage. shit. Only three damage, but he's, you can see like the rest of his group of urchins are all running the opposite direction. 
and this child in front of you, scruffy, bleeding already from previous wounds, and is just glaring at you with this little rock knife in his hand. I respect your fortitude. You will be sacrificed like the rest, but I do respect it. So I'm just going to spit since like, fuck you. Uh, when he entered my area of effect, can I use that as my reaction? And I'll let him stab me first, but afterwards, just a quick slash. Yeah, I'm just going to give you that because I'm going to say that he went to spit, like he turned his head to spit, and you just kind of nicked him across the neck as he turned. And as he turns back, he's like, fuck you, before his eyes go. And he's just, he drops the rock. And it just kind of lands in the dirt with like a little bit of blood on it. Uh, group. If you all oh. would stop resisting, Calreo would finish this so much quicker. <laughs> group four is all people who can't really get up from their beds. And one of them kind of just rolls over from like where he's stuck and his legs are both like heavily bandaged. And his foot's kind of up held up in place. He just kind of looks over and is going, stop talking in the third person, you psychopath. <laughs> Calreo always refers to himself in this way. <laughs> Sorry, I just have Cal Calreo in my head with like a magic mirror so we're watching this shit and it's like absolute fuckery. <laughs> And I know where he is right now. <laughs> Sigh. Ah. Let's see. Back to the beginning. There are only two men. It is still Aaron. Aaron, are you going to do anything else with your turn? She, she just kind of sees the hole that this old woman has broken into her wall. Laughs. Like, there's a quiet, it's kind of a sinister chuckle, and just cast Mending, and the hole seals up again. And she just maintains the wall and looks at you and is like, at your leisure. I mean, let's, let's be honest here. This is dark as hell, but <laughs> even in the moment, like, you no, know, how powerful these two characters are, like, and that, her being thousands of years old, She's having a good time. Like, life means gotta be like, I guarantee there's some compassion, but also when you're that old, the meaning of life kind of goes away. Yeah, she enjoys bits of this. She doesn't like the idea of what you're, what we're doing, but the sadistic part of her is also like, death's an old friend at this point who gives a shit. This is this is the darkest episode I've done. Yep, that's saying something, we're, considering the shit. We chat in a solo session and see what happens. Last time yeah. I killed a guy with my thumb through his eye. <laughs> this time I massacred a camp of injured children. This time I'm going after refugees and children. How you doing? <laughs> Welcome to Dice and Suffering, where we take the suffering fucking seriously. Yep, that's fine. That's her go. Ah, uh, 
the woman on the floor is quietly sobbing. Well, not really quietly sobbing. She's just sobbing watching this. And Origin just kind of growls at her. Just that cat snarl impresses his paw a bit harder. Whenever she tries to look away, he kind of like moves his other paw and just pushes her head to look towards it. Like, no. You will watch. You will watch everyone you love die. <laughs> wow, where did I go wrong in life? Oh wait, here. Ah, two men. There are two of the men left. You've taken their pot from them. And... Oh, one of them's gonna try and run. The other one is going to... What is he gonna do? Can you make me a deck save, please? Hey, I like this die right now. It's rolling 15, so, so that's a dirty 20. He kind of turns and tries to scoop up a bunch of embers and hot rocks and things from the fire pit and throw them at you, but you just kind of lean to the side like, nope. No, thank you. I just imagine it right now. It's had like, and since I'm in the form of Cal Rayo, I'm being overtly assholeish about this. So in the like most cocky, like evil villain kind of way, just almost with like a laugh. Yeah, just barely turn my shoulder as the embers fly by, as almost just like whistling and just spinning this sword around in my hand. You see the embers, like, almost collide with Erin, but she just kind of looks at them and they stop. <laughs> Lose all momentum and fall out of the sky. Yeah, well, she has telekinesis as well, so she's just like, no. And they're like, okay. <laughs> Very sorry, ma'am. We'll never do it again. Unfortunately, that's his go, whilst the other guy tries to make a fucking run for it. Uh, group two. This old lady's just gonna stand her ground whilst the children try and dig at the sand to try and get out. But, you know, these walls go pretty deep, so they're not going anywhere anytime soon. And it's your go again, and I, I'll say within your turn and movement and actions, unless you want to do anything very specific, you can get five people. Uh, I would like to get, yeah, I would get the five people. The only thing I want to do is with my telekinesis for the guy who is running away, I just want to grab him and just yank him back to me and, like, basically, once again, aim the sword so I skewer, but I'm, once again, just kind of going for superfluous wounds right now. I'm not going to kill at this second. I'm just going to maim. Uh, I'm going to give you that. You kind of stride forward and just slash the guy who tried to throw embers at you who is mainly just looking angry after your asshole no and he like he drops to his knees and in a smooth motion you flip the sword to your other hand and gesture out and pull this guy towards you and he wriggles in the air and which means instead of hitting him in the side it goes straight through his hand and he screams because you've literally draw set this sword through his second degree burned hand. So all the blisters and things were forming just open. 
and he's bleeding and the bones and cartilage are all broken and he is his scream the scream kind of cuts off when the magic kit kicks in it's very much like someone's hit mute on him and you know that's horrifying uh your other three people are you going for any of the comatose or are you gonna try and stab a child I actually like because I'm still obviously the center of attention. I know people are running. I, I'm trying to make this as horrible and as much suffering for all of these people involved. So I am going to start. I'm going to actually take the other three comatose people just to show how, like, just to show this is there's no running from this. You all can run right now. Calreo is coming, and I am going to make this slow and terrible for all of them. Yep, you get. I'm gonna say you get two comatose people and you get the guy that made fun of you for speaking in the third person. You deliberately like cut him in his leg that's strapped up just to be a dick. It's like, oh, Kaoreo is displeased with you. <laughs> Talk about me speaking in the third person again. Kaoreo won't be so kind next time. Oh wait, you won't live for a next time. The fuck did you? And then the magic kicks in. <laughs> yeah, the rest of the rest of the civilians are all just trying to run and hide. Like there are definitely, you're pretty sure there are several beds and things and boxes where children have tried to hide behind. But you know, you'll find them. Uh, do you, you still having Origin keep this woman watching? Oh yeah. Every second of it. Origin just kind of turns this woman slowly. Every time you move around, he just kind of like drags the woman such that she gets a front row seat every time. Honestly, it would be funny if this wasn't horrifying. Ah, <laughs> Erin, uh, what are you going to do? Because it's not like the only ones that could fight back are all fucked. Uh this would be more of a fight if this was the um, guard post or the town, but nope, we went for the civilians, which made this easy, but also even more unsettling. You said these people had to suffer. This is true, I did. What's scarier than a name source just coming in and for no other reason than just to seemingly like they can? Yep. This... This turn, you kind of see... You see like a little bit of blood trickle out of Erin's nose as she's focusing, but these giant heavy stone walls start to come inwards, decreasing the area and pushing these people closer to you such that instead of these mass instead of this massive circle really she's now made it about a 30 by 30 box she's made a 30 by 30 kill box entire that just encompasses this whole gazebo and nothing else <sighs> fuck the damn the Nope, woman on the floor. Nope, two kids. Nope, three men are all gone. 
Nope. The old lady with her cane is still stood in front of these children and more of the kids have gone behind her. Like there's about eight children behind her. And the old man, she's kind of there trying to look intimidating, but you know, also trying not to hurt his already shattered hip. Uh. Charlemagne starts uh, whistling a little tune. Yep. And it's your go. Oh, Charlemagne turns to the the older couple trying to protect the children, just whistling and not even saying anything this time, just smiling and whistling and kind of just swinging the sword around in his hand as he just begins to approach them. And I'm actually going to toss the uh, old lady aside first because that's, you know, the children think they're prote- she's protecting them. So I would like to use my telekinesis, not even to stab her at this moment, just kind of toss her to the wall and out of my way. Oh no, lady. She got a one on her check. She slams into the wall and you hear something crack. And she's still alive. You can see, like, her chest moving, but you're pretty sure she's broken some vertebrae. Like, she ain't gonna walk again. That's fine. And the old man, like, howls in anger and kind of tries to run towards you, but he's so injured and old that it's kind of like he's just staggering at you with... It's not really a cane or anything, it's just kind of a wooden strut from when they were setting this up. And he's just gonna... He's gonna try and hit you. You're welcome to use your reaction just to stab him first, or you, you can let him hit you. Oh, I'll, I'll let him try and hit me. That's fine. He does two piercing damage, mainly because he gives you a bunch of paper. Gives you a bunch of splinters as he uh, kind of whacks this to... across your head. And still whistling a little tune and the smile just never leaving, I would like to use my reaction to just slash him. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's a 19 on the die. Yeah, yeah, you stab the old man. You basically kind of do a solid, like you're trying, you know, the whole Zorro Z thing. You do that, but with a C for Calreo. Ah! Calreo was and here. The children scream, and the old man kind of falls to the ground with blood oozing in that C shape. And now it's time to go full Anakin Skywalker. Yep, we're gonna murder the children. <laughs> Well, not murder, just slash them to then use their blood as a sacrifice to then capture a god, you know? Totally normal oh. stuff. Sure. Um, that was all I don't know like, why everyone people. thinks I'm a psychopath. <laughs> really, Chad? Really? Um, I'm gonna say that's all the combatants. How would you like to get everyone in this camp, including the people hiding. Just 
paint me a picture of your massacre. Uh, so with this woman still watching, like, I just want her to see every just and whistling the whole time, just hacking like at these children, like once again, going to maim, not like literally trying to murder at this moment, but as like gaudy of like slashes and things just to get like a blood spray, uh, a blood spray up and just like anyone who's still living and like, I mean, not taken over by this magic. Like, just to see this now blood-covered Charlemagne as Calreo just whistling uh, with this wicked blade. And I would like to then actually kind of, to really be dark. I know it's a kill box, but literally just pick the old woman up and just carry her around with me. Because I know she's alive as well still. Like, and then her to be my last uh, slashing victim and just stare her in the eyes as I just give a small, like, cut, like, straight across her face. Essentially, your whistling almost gets louder with each person, which is mainly because everyone screams and shouts and cries die out one at a time. And there's like pairings, like some of the children try and protect each other and get get a deep wound for it. Others try and run and get a stab in the back. Others, you kind of hit the tendon at their feet, so they're dragging their ankles. This old woman, you just... Part of you does enjoy the fear in her eyes because she can't move, she's paralyzed and in pain, and you're just whistling. And you kind of, you let go of her when she's turned and no longer of use to you, and just, and you see Erin kind of breathe and let go, and the stone walls just kind of thud down before fading from reality. And Erin has to sit down a bit, because... That was a lot of power on her end. And you just stroll back over, ending your song in front of the woman that Origin has been pinning down this entire time. Who is... She looks late 40s, very muscular arms. She looks like she was some baker. Kind of spent all her time hefting flour around and kneading dough. She's got very calloused hands. And is furious. She's covered in blood that isn't her own. Partly from, you know, the many people you've stabbed and is leaking across the sand now. And partly from treating people and at this point, everyone you've taken over is lying down or kneeling or standing in a circle around around her, around this whole gazebo, just looking. They're still staring blankly ahead. As you approach her, she just kind of looks at you. With Origin still moments from murdering her. Just kind of looks and goes, what are you? I will walk up and I will squat down and 
like putting the blood-soaked sword, like just the tip into the ground right in front of her and just kind of like leaning in. I told you multiple times, I am Calreo and I am here to take those as sacrifice. You, however, lucky girl, and I'll tap her on the head with my free hand, get to live and tell the tale of what you saw. Why? Well, because you have the greatest sacrifice of all. Living with all of these lives lost, and you, for no reason at all, besides I decided, with the only one spared, no, that all of these lives, one of them could have been you, but by happenstance, you get to survive. Like cocking my head towards her and getting really close. And survival is the most painful reward of all. She spits at you. Just smile at her. Just as the spit hits me in the face, just smiling. That's good. That's good. And then I would like to take the sword and the hilt, and I would like to knock her unconscious. Yep, that happens. One woman lives. <laughs> uh, Tilla the Hun, always leave one behind to tell the tale. You have, in total, you have 30 victims, all under the thrall of the Sword of Origin. Erin just kind of stood there and is like, well, oh, that was horrifying. <laughs> Origin just kind of lies down in the sand, doesn't seem to give a shit. Uh... Yeah, with that, then I will uh, take the time to start carving the sigils and look at Aaron. I assume you will need a moment to prepare. Yeah, you do the carving. I'll set up. Yeah, and with that, I will go to carving. Yep, you've carved the sigil in each of these paralyzed people. In various some of them are better than others because you know some of these people are in better condition than others um erin kind of you see she pulls out the armband with its yellowish tinge and dousing the fire with some water she places it in the center and starts kind of scooping bloodied the bloodied sand and kind of packing it around it is muttering something to herself that causes yellow sparks to appear, but you're not entirely sure what. And, you know, you're more focused on carving into living flesh. Nailed uh, it. Note to self, get a therapist. <laughs> note to self, 
Tell no one of this. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. I'm putting it on the internet. No, uh... She waits till you're done with all of those and it's like... Okay. Personal suffering. It's up to you whether you choose blood or memories or both. But we need to give enough. We both need to give here. So I'll do some. We both need to give here for this. It's the intention that counts with this kind of magic. It's the commitment of the caster. It's if you're willing to go all this way, are you willing to make the same choices when it's your own neck on the block? You'll be able to tell when it's enough because kind of gestures of the bloodied sand. That will go black. Charlemagne just shifts back into themselves at this point and once again just the cold emotionless just uh, face no emotion at all as he takes the blade of origin and I do not wish to relieve deeds of my past or the pain I have experienced and I'll take the blade and with a pretty good whack to uh, the wrist I will stand over and kind of let the blood flow uh, how much health do you have right now 37 take 20 damage 17 <laughs> you just kind of you stand there for a solid 10 minutes just bleeding and you you can feel getting dizzy you can feel everything's a little bit shaky but the main thing you just hear is the humming of the sword louder and louder it almost is vibrating in your hand with glee and I'm sure that doesn't mean anything I'm sure nothing bad will happen because of this and you see half of the sand glow black after about that 10 minutes of blood. You see Eren kind of kneel down and kind of sighs as like, ah, any flesh I give won't really matter in this case because I just get a different body when I'm reborn. So, memories it is. <clears throat> kind of leans and places her hand on the sand and it's quiet for about 15 minutes as like you can sense something passing from her to the sand to the arm then it's and you see tears flow down her cheeks and you see origin in the corner kind of like just kind of chirps with concern kind of wanders up to Erin's kind of noses at her. But she doesn't respond. See, like, her jaw, her jaw clench. Her teeth grind, and... Her 
skin just kind of fades with color instead of the vivid blue you're used to. It's paler and more... It's less like the deep sea and more like the sky at dawn. And she's... Eventually, the sand goes black, like yours did, and she steps back, gasping and looking around in search of something or someone before her eyes land on you. She feels like how wet her cheeks are. She kind of breathes out and puts a hand in Origin's fur and a drawing strength from him. And she's like, okay, okay. There's no going back now. There was no going back a while ago. She takes her blade and stabs it into her half of the sand that's gone black and gestures for you to do the same on your side. I, I follow the direction. And you both kind of watch as the runes on both of these swords almost seem to liquefy and slide off into the sand where it's absorbed. And you see the yellow on the yellow bits on these threads of this armband just merge and go an eerie silver that just kind of coils with the normal black that it almost, it's almost like a swirl. It's intoxicating in a way. And the humming in your head kind of subsides more to a, more to a background noise where it's a presence rather than a overwhelming thing. And the blades both, you see the sigils reappear, but they're not as bright. They're not as, there's no flecks of rust or blood on the Sword of Origin anymore. The dark wood on her sword seems less decay inducing than it was before. And the sand you realize looking down has turned to glass obsidian glass that just kind of glows in the light of her lantern. And you have a fully charged armband now. Yay? Whoop whoop. I'm gonna call that part one. You mean completing a blood ritual feels like a good spot to end it for a session? Yeah, I think that's probably a good call. Look. <laughs> Look. I gave yeah, you I just options. Full-on horror movie villain serial killer. Yeah, we really did. Jesus. 
and permitting political assassinations on one side of the scale and blood rituals on the other. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dyson Suffering. If you enjoyed it, check out everyone involved in the description and find the rest of the episodes on all podcasting platforms or at themindgame.org. And may your dice rolls go well, though we all know they won't. <laughs>